Get Lost in Jersey with Rachel and Jeanette talking about life just outside New York City. Let's get started. So for our interview with Annette, uh, who works with Baristanet, but also has a, another very important uh, organization that she's part of is Humane Montclair. Yeah. I really like talking with her and learning about what the restaurants getting involved in this in town. Cause you know, Montclair such a huge restaurant food foodie town. Yes. It's such a big deal here. And I, I really love that some of the restaurants are starting to take hold and, and promote their plant-based menus or plant-based plant options. Um, and I also, I really loved how she explained that and then also gave some metrics towards the end about how, you know, we can do our part by having some more plant-based meals uh, yeah. and what that, how that cascades, like you said, it cascades into all these different other areas that you don't even think about with climate and um, water, water, everything. So it was, it was really, Cool. I know. I w after the interview, I talked to Roger about it and he was like, you know, traveling how he got like, I think it was in Lebanon, how it's like those grilled vegetables are so good. I don't need meat. Mm -hmm. And I love that she's pushing on this. Um, yeah. So I'm excited that she took the initiative to be to start Humane Montclair. Mm -hmm. And it really is an asset to our town. And we'll get to hear more about it. So here's Annette. Good morning. Good morning, Good morning Annette. Well, I first met you or by phone, by email, um, when I reached out to Barista Net to talk when we first launched the podcast and was talking to you about um, getting the word out. And we did an ad and you were, we started speaking a little bit about what you're involved in. And it sounded really interesting. And we wanted to learn more. But we also want to learn more about, um, you know, a little bit about you and your connection to New Jersey before we know why you're doing what you're doing for New Jersey. So are you from New Jersey? Well, no, as a matter of fact, I am uh, born and raised in Marin County, California in San oh. Salvo. Oh, okay. Uh, I left just there. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like the idyllic place to grow up. And looking mm -hmm. back, I feel so fortunate and privileged to have had that bucolic, you know, living, running around the hills uh, of Marin County uh, yeah. lifestyle. Um, I came to the East Coast after uh, graduate school. Uh, started working in in New York City. Mm -hmm. um, I was uh, I had my master's in public health and was working for MetLife uh, just at the mm -hmm. cusp of the um, the movement for um, managed care, managed health care. Oh. Um, I met my husband in a bar in New York City. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and right after, right when I met him, I um, moved to Madrid, Spain. He mm. followed me there for about a year. I was in Madrid for a year and a half. Uh, oh, doing, lovely. Um, managed care. And then we came back and got married in D.C. Uh, the company that sent me to Madrid was uh, located in Washington, D.C. And Anthony found, um, he's a journalist, and he got his first break into TV um, when we moved to D.C., uh, working at America's Most Wanted. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, that was very fun. So I was, we had a parallel career path starting in D.C. I had three children in um, Montgomery County, uh, Maryland. And in, I think, 2004, um, C CBS News asked him to come to um, 
New York City, big promotion for him uh, from the DC office. That's what brought us up in 2004. And we did a you know sweep of the tri-state area to figure out where we wanted to live and landed in Montclair oh. for so many reasons. And I'm yeah. so glad I did. This was like, oh, it was like a rebirth when I came to Montclair. It was, I finally <laughs> found my place, you know? Yeah. Um, just the, the the beauty of the city, of the town, the vibe, the, the welcoming of all my neighbors, the new friends, and everyone here has such an interesting story to tell. And they have such interesting backgrounds. And I felt like intellectually and emotionally reinvigorated when I came to Montclair. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ended up, um, I was a mom. I had stopped working for like seven years. And uh, when I came here, I naturally like, I used to work in the travel industry too. So I'm always very inquisitive about, oh, what's what's there to do? What's there to see? What are the cultural and, you know, foodie attractions in town? And p- pursuing that, I thought, what a great segue for me to work for BaristaNet if they need any writers. And so I, funny story, I met Liz George, um, the editor uh, on the hills, the sledding hills by the Iris Gardens. Oh, yeah. 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 She was with her kids. I was with my kids. She had <laughs> a... 48 hours cap on her head. And I go, Hey, my husband works there. And she goes, my brother works there. And then, you know, one thing led to another. And uh, eventually she said, well, why don't you start working for us? Uh, Before we get into what you're doing, I want to point out to uh, people that I think that you have birds in your background. Is that what I'm hearing? (laughs) Yeah, do you hear them? Yes. (laughs) I do. I was like, it's not feedback. It's birds in your background, which I think ties in really well with who you are. I'm the founder of of Humane Montclair. Mm -hmm. Uh, I founded it uh, last year. We've been around since like January of 2022. It's an animal... um, advocacy outreach volunteer group completely uh, grassroots formed and um, it's something that I I decided to do it over the progression of many years I I've always been an animal lover I think when I had came here we finally got a dog then we got two dogs and we got three dogs (laughs) that connection with pets and and I I really began observing them and, and, and how they interacted and how smart they were and how sensitive and sentient they were. And that led me down that rabbit hole of, you know, reading about animal emotions, really reading about, you know, animal welfare, uh, reading about animal law, animal justice. Mm-hmm. And um, I just, and I started donating a lot of money to um, all these charities, you know, International Federation of Animal Welfare, the uh, Farm Sanctuary, Mercy for Animals, the Humane League, the anti-vivisection people. How we treat animals virtually impacts everything and every part of our life and, and is connected to every existential issue we're dealing with today. That connection really uh, interested me. When you know better, you do better. I decided to become a volunteer with, uh, the, New Jer- uh, with the New Jersey Humane Society. I'm a, a policy uh, volunteer. And so they recruit people to interact with le- the legislators. And so they kind of like formed me in terms of how to impact change at the legislative, you know, at the government level. What I want to do is is shout this message from the mountaintop and say everyone can make a difference, you know? Yeah. The organization that you started is, is it just local or is it connected to a larger New Jersey Humane Society? Is it connected or are you your own? No, we're completely independent. But okay. 
the best way to affect change is to build a consensus through a coalition building. So mm -hmm. I have tapped into my resources at the Humane Society, at the Animal Legal Defense Fund, at um, Compassion for Animals, at, uh, even with the local sustainability officer here in Montclair. But we are all independent. I just get buy-in. I try and get buy-ins from people. And with that buy-in comes support. You've reached out to the restaurants too. Isn't that a big part of um, a recent initiative that you had? Our biggest initiative was just this past March. The program was called Plant-Based for the Planet. I partnered with a young woman in Austin, Texas called Bertie Mann, who's absolutely fabulous, brilliant. I had noticed that um, in Montclair, being the restaurant mecca that it is, the whole vegan and plant-based angle was not at all highlighted or it wasn't, you know, we weren't really known as a, as a plant-based, you know, restaurant, wow. like kind of like Asbury Park is. And I thought there's definitely um, a vacuum here. There's definitely an unmet need because the restaurants uh, do offer plant-based uh, foods, but they're not promoting it. And there is definitely a demand for that. So I would run into people say, I don't know where to go. I don't know where to eat. There's not really much choice in Montclair. And I thought this is a, a missed business opportunity for the restaurant owners. And it's a missed opportunity for the planet and for the people. So I made some inquiries with different organizations that I, um, that I'm in contact with about how would you go about, you know, like promoting plant-based uh, meals in restaurants in Montclair in, in my hometown. And I ended up speaking with Brie and I told her what I wanted to do. I said, this is the perfect community. People are very open. People love to eat out. And I think they would embrace something that would be a positive impact on deaccelerating climate change. And so we agreed to do this partnership. I identified 13 restaurants in town who had uh, some plant-based meals, but weren't promoting them and, and very few vegan meals. And uh, ask them if they would want to participate in this month-long program, you know, do something positive for the planet, lower our carbon footprint, lower uh, water usage, mm -hmm. lower uh, uh, land usage by promoting plant-based meals. And that means no animal products, no dairy. We did identify 13 restaurants who, you know, said, okay, we'll give it a try. I said, look, it's only a month. It, no cost to you. You just have to commit to offering two newly created plant-based dishes we will take care of all the marketing and promotion. We will give you uh, printed materials. Uh, we had little table tents. We had um, window clings uh, to promote the program. And all we ask of you is that you promote the plant-based dishes during the month of March. And it was hugely successful. Yeah, uh, We served, I think, uh, they served 52,000 vegan meals Wow! Uh, during the That's month. A lot. It yeah, a lot. we just published our impact report. All the restaurants said it was a positive experience. All of, um, I would say 90% of them said they saw a bump in um, revenue. Great. Mm -hmm. The savings for the planet, hundreds of thousands of gallons of water, tons of carbon um, emissions saved. Just in that and, one month. That Yeah, just in that one month. Just from this one town, or is it... Yes. That's crazy. I mean, yeah. that, that's like, a, that's, it's, it's hard to believe that such a small thing can make so many different changes. Cause we really just think when we are going to eat more plant-based, which is vegetarian, that it would have such a cascading effect. You know, it's not just animals that you're helping. You're helping the environment. You're helping, you know, the water conservation. You're helping, it just goes on and on and right. helping make money. It's right. like, 
it's, it was a win. It was a complete win-win for the community and for the planet and for animals. And I want, do want to say one thing. We never used the word vegan because we want to be inclusive. So everything was framed around plant-based. Vegan has so much baggage and it yeah. turns people off. They say, if you look at a V, say, oh, that's a vegan menu. Oh, I'm not going to look at that. I'm not a right. vegan. But mm. plant-based is like, everyone can relate to that. I like that. Is that is that a term that's been utilized more and more often now? It's, it's becoming the touch point for the movement this mm. year. Okay. People, um, the, the other agent uh, organizations I've spoken with agree that plant-based is the terminology uh, they need to use to access people, you know, and, right. and it's not alienating, it's more inclusive. And so all and of it our- it doesn't also feel like an identity, where right. I think vegan is saying, I am vegan is an identity. Right. And there's a lot of reasons to adopt a plant-based diet, you know, and it just depends, you have to find whatever your hook is to impel, mm -hmm. impel you to make that change. It could be climate, it could be public health, it could be saving the oceans. It could be saving the rainforest. It could be pollution. It could be social justice. Because most of the people that work in the in big ag and the animal industry are, are BIPOC or lower income people who live in um, eco economically depressed towns and who are subject to the pollution of air, water, soil. Um, Terrible conditions. surrounds conditions. factory farming and, and uh, slaughterhouses. So- you know, there are a lot, there's a lot of intersection here uh, with yeah. how we treat animals. And let me just give you the, um, the outcome, uh, the impact. I have the data here. So we reduced greenhouse gases. We saved 66,979 pounds of, of CO2 equivalents, primarily in the form of carbon dioxide and methane. We reduced our water footprint. 987,644 gallons of water were saved or about the equivalent of hydrating over 4,000 people for one year. We reduced land use. Just over 8 million square feet of land were saved, enough to grow over 26 million ears of corn or plant 350,000 apple trees. So that is just, that's really significant. Was there a restaurant that had a dish that was really like outselling all of the others that I need to go have? I mean, like... uh, well, the winner, the, the public, yeah. The People's Choice winner, yeah. and I would have to agree with them, was the crispy tofu banh mi at Mercado. Okay. Oh. I am a banh mi fan. I'm a tofu fan. And this, it was a really well-conceived sandwich um, that they, they promoted. And it's still on their menu. Is it still on the menu? Yes, they are keeping that and some of their other options as well. Great. I'm yeah. going to go over there with my daughters. My daughters have been making the push to be um, vegetarian and we've mm -hmm. definitely become way more plant-based than we used to be. I've always been a huge cook and I was a huge meat eater until like 10 years ago because I was kind of like clueless or, you know, that cognitive dissonance thing. Yes. Um, but it, it, there is a learning curve to learning how to cook uh, vegetarian but it's, well, and it's not all tofu i mean like oh, i don't know i don't think you'll ever really get me to like tofu i mean just i'm just you know <laughs> i'll try but i but but there's definitely other you know you don't have to have i mean like there's oh, mushrooms yeah. and like you know you know it's like those kind of things like you know just vegetables are delicious mm -hmm. we made them we made the mushroom bourguignon um on the new york times cooking mm -hmm. and it was incredible 
it was better than the beef. Yeah, That's I have how... a recipe for you on New York Times, the uh, mushroom Wellington. That oh. is my go-to Thanksgiving Christmas meal. I'm writing it it's, down because everyone <laughs> yeah. loves that. And um, my meat-eating yeah. children request that instead of turkey or, you know. I steak. believe it. And I want to correct myself. The number of plant-based dishes sold was 2,521 uh -huh, during okay. the month. Okay. Um, and uh, we got... Uh, great kudos and endorsement from Cory Booker and from Mayor Spiller and from um, Cory Booker. Is he? He's a vegan, isn't he? Yes, he is. Yeah. Almost a hundred percent of the restaurants, the thirteen restaurants, have agreed to keep on their specials or some of the specials mm -hmm. or rotate them in, and that's a real positive uh, long-term impact. Um, we will revisit this program next year and try and do it again in in March. In addition to doing uh, the restaurant, is there anything else that y you would like for people to get involved in or be part of during, you know, during the year all, all the time? Absolutely. I, anyone who would like to volunteer um, with us, uh, I welcome your participation. They just can reach out to me on, on social media. We have Instagram. We have uh, Facebook. What would uh, volunteering be in, involved? With? Well, we have, uh, yeah, we have several um, activations during the year. We just, uh, I would, you know, you could help at our, um, our tabling events. Uh, so we have three yappy hours scheduled uh, for the summer so far at Montclair Brewery. Mm -hmm. um, they're going to be from 5 to 7.30 on the third Thursday of the month. And you could come and help us, you know, greet people, spread information about some of the political issues that we're endorsing in the New Jersey State Legislature, which are very important. You could help us set up. Uh, we also are doing a table event. We're going to have a canine concierge uh, booth at uh, Montclair Pride Fest. Mm, we did right. that last year. What is we that? We have uh, shade, seating, snacks. Oh. Uh, for pets and their pet owners, nice. uh, free treats, a treat bar, uh, have a little swing pool because it was a hot day, uh, distribute information about climate change, about our, our restaurant initiative. Oh, we uh, raised uh, over $200 for Skylands Farm Sanctuary at the Walnut Street Fair last week. Wow. And a, a group of us are going there to volunteer for the day to work on June 4th and bring them the money. We're very excited about that. During the uh, fall, I will probably reinstate the uh, fall fur drive that we did in November. So a lot of people um, have old fur coats hanging in their uh, closets. They inherited from mom or their great aunt or grandma or someone. And of course, no one wants to wear them because the fur trade is so heinous and, and uh, so um, disgusting, uh, painful and abusive. And it's also a perpetrator of, of diseases, you know, that they can go from animals to people. We upcycle them to wildlife rehabilitators who have injured or orphaned animals in their care. And they, you, they cut up the furs to make little beds or bedding for the uh, animals who are um, in their care. And the fur give, uh, actually um, increases their chances of puberty because the fur mimics the mother's, you know, touch mm, wow you know, i didn't know really that. sweet yeah so i'm very glad to learn more about this my main takeaway the easiest thing for anyone to do is just order a um plant-based meal once in a while and you'll be making a difference and if you can do more than that more power to you absolutely if all of us reduced our our uh, animal consumption by 25 percent or or 30 percent that would have more of an impact than an additional 
10% people going vegan in this world. Mm. So we can all collectively make a difference. Lowering the consumption means lowering the demand, which means lowering the production, which means less cruelty, less land use, less water use, less pollution. It's a, it's a, you know, domino effect. Yeah. Yeah. I was telling you that my husband uh, doesn't eat any meat before dinner. And what did you call him? BD6, vegetarian before six. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Huh. So I never we heard can, of that. We can all try to be a VB6 like, uh, yes. like my husband and we make a big impact. And one thing I want to just make a plug for is that this year in 2023, um, there's, they're voting on a new farm bill. The farm oh, bill yes. is probably the single most important thing we can do. Uh, we can influence, uh, if we can influence outcome to change the uh, food industry and in the United States, which has a lot of issues and it's, it's a self-perpetuating, you know, uh, climate change and, and our, our existential, you know, perils. Mm -hmm. um, the farm bill uh, is trying to flip some of the subsidies. The only reason for, for food, the only reason that a hamburger at McDonald's costs a dollar is because our taxes are subsidizing um, right. big ag and, and the meat, uh, meat producers. The true cost of a McDonald's uh, $1 burger is probably about five or $6, you know, and the true cost of um, a, a steak uh, at a, at, in the store instead of being $10 is probably about $21, $22, but all our tax dollars are going to subsidize that production. Since we know it's not good for our health, we know it's not good for the environment, the policy funding is kind of a perverse incentive. And the farm bill this year, people like Cory Booker and Gene Bauer and other, you know, um, activists uh, at, in Washington, D.C. are trying to flip that subsidy model so that the government um, incentivizes farmers to grow vegetables and plants, plant-based foods that are healthier mm -hmm. for people, pets, and the planet. And um, I'm going to be, you know, concentrating some of my efforts uh, with Humane Montclair to get the word out about that. Just, I've gotten such a great reception and people well. thank me and I thank the, I thank everyone for participating. I couldn't do it without the support, you know, but yeah. it's, yeah, so, it's wonderful um, that you started it. We're at a pivotal point in our yeah. you know, existence. The other message I wanted to get out is that this is something that anyone can do in any town. I mean, everything I've done is scalable putting some action in your compassion, connecting with people who are like-minded to get things done. Well, I'm so glad that you came on to let us, you know, to tell us more about it. And we're so grateful to know that we are in a town with someone that is putting some action in their compassion. <laughs> that. I love That's that. a good one. Yeah. So we're, we're really happy to be part of this, you know, initiative or I don't know what we call it, but we're so glad to be able to get the word out and hopefully we'll see you either at the pride festival or somewhere along the line and we'll... to yappy hour. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yappy hour. I like that. All right. Well, Annette, thank you. We appreciate you coming on. Thank you for having me. Thank you for your support. Our pleasure. Thank you, Annette. Bye-bye. Bye. This podcast is produced by Rachel Martens and Jeanette Afsharian. Please follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We hope you share this pod with your friends and family and let us know what you think. Check out our website at lostinjersey.site. And don't forget to get lost.